0: You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 team,
1: Hello, Dodger fans, and welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the lockdown On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked on, your team every day. This is a daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I'm Vince Samperio Chavez, Ravine Fiends, and I'm back. And Jeff, who held it down yesterday, is here again. Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential. Jeff, how was it going? How did it feel to. uh Get all the nerdy side of baseball out of you yesterday
0: yeah it was kind of fun uh you know solo episodes we've talked about before they're usually not as fun it's more fun to have somebody to talk about or talk to uh about baseball but because i had kind of a a full nerd fest to talk about uh it was i guess the best situation if if you're not going to be here at least i had something that i was able to talk about without needing you too much
1: so probably one side of the the more nerdier side of baseball that I do enjoy with you, um, mostly because I know about it and a lot of people come to me to ask about it. So if, I like that feeling. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we are here to talk about a little tidbit on Nolan Arenado, a little bit on Scott Boris and his comments about the Astros players having to apologize and then get into The Dodgers non-roster invitees, the invitees to spring training. But before that, a quick reminder to subscribe to Locked on Dodgers, wherever you get your podcasts. When you get in your car in the morning, very smart device to play podcasts, Locked on Dodgers. All right, Jeff. So uh, nothing too big on the Arenado front other than that it appears that the Rockies will be trading him or will be reopening The shop they They just closed the other day before Arenado's comments Uh, what do you think about that I know you had a little idea about that as well
0: yeah um, yeah. I joked that the Dodgers should just announce a Nolan Arenado bobblehead to you know make that happen Uh, the it seems like that relationship is fractured and maybe irreparably and as I was thinking about it what I realized is Arenado has a, a full no-trade clause in his contract. Uh, and, you know, he grew up in—where was it? Lake Forest or somewhere like that. Um, but he grew up a Dodger fan in Southern California. And so even though the Rockies obviously would not want to trade Arenado within the division, if they've decided they need to trade him, he has all the power because he, he could say— I will only accept a trade to the Dodgers. Uh, You know, we saw a little bit with with Giancarlo Stanton a few years ago. The Marlins worked out a trade with the Cardinals, and Stanton shot it down. They worked out a trade with the Giants, and Stanton shot it down. And the Dodgers never did work out a trade, but uh, basically Stanton, you could tell he wanted to go to either the Dodgers or the Yankees, and he was able to force that to happen. Um, So... I still don't think it's likely that the Dodgers end up with Nolan Arenado, Arenado, but I think it's more likely than it was, you know, yesterday at this time, uh, because they're they're kind of backed into a corner now.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not the ideal situation for the Rockies, and you know, we we kind of touched on if they would want maybe picking Arenado over the GM. At this point, it appears that they're probably going to. Explore what the market is again, and maybe lower their asking price a little bit. Uh, but you would imagine that you don't really want to go into spring with it. Although Arenado, uh, I would imagine he's a professional, and he, he even came out and said that you know that he's he's not gonna let this affect the rest of it. But uh, we'll see how it goes, and I'm pretty interested to see how it plays out. And the the only thing for me is that there's not a lot of AL teams that have been linked to him. It's been mostly NL teams, which I would prefer not to because it's going to be a good NL team. So that would be a potential Dodgers playoff opponent.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: All right, let's move on uh, to Scott Boris. There was an article with a lot of comments from Scott Boris on why he believes the Astros players do not need to apologize. And... You know, one of the big ones is that he said basically that the players didn't know it was illegal because they were never properly told that it was illegal based on the mandate that Manfred sent out to player GMs and coaches and and all that. And pretty much saying that, you know, the players are, are not at fault necessarily because they didn't know that it was bad. Uh, Jeff, I know you have some strong thoughts about this as well as I do. So,
0: Yeah, yeah. Scott Boris, uh, he's good at his job. He's also uh, often guilty of uh, thinking the people he's talking to are dumber than they are. Uh, nobody's going to buy that argument um, because, like I-, I said on Twitter, I would rather just apologize than admit that I'm as stupid as you'd have to be to not know that it was against the rules. And, uh, you know, the report talks about when Danny Farquhar uh, heard the trash can banging and he called out his catcher and changed the signs, the Manfred's report says the players panicked and went and took down the TV during the game off the wall because they they knew that Farquhar was on to them. I mean, that is what they say in the legal profession, consciousness of guilt. That is actually used as evidence in court. When, you know, if you didn't think that you did, if you thought it was a justifiable homicide, why did you burn the body? You know, because I didn't actually think it was justified. You know, it's called consciousness of guilt. Astros players clearly and obviously knew that this was illegal, regardless of whether anybody ever actually handed them the memo. I mean, we all heard about Manfred's memo, and we, nobody was under any obligation to give it to us. We just, you know pay attention to baseball. And we knew about it. It's ridiculous that Boris thinks anybody would believe that garbage.
1: Yeah. And there's a difference between what Boris believes and what he projects as his status in, in baseball. And I would hope that it, those are different, but I can't say for sure. I don't know him personally, but yeah, to say the ass shows, you know, Obviously, the other article that came out and what we talked about before was that, you know, they pretty much couldn't punish the players because the players union and the MLB felt like they would lose those grievances for the same reasons that Boris stated. And, you know, in a court of law or whatever, and, and if you're fighting and, and that's how you go about it, then you can probably get away with that. But other than that, I mean, you can't really say even in Manfred, in the MLB report, it said that the players... Of knew what they were doing was wrong, but that nobody really told them to stop. And you know, basically, he lowered these players to you know, like ignorant children that don't know any better. And if I was a player, I'd be you know, a little offended. I even though he's technically on your side, I'd also be a little offended because he basically said, Oh, like you know, you guys don't didn't know any better, uh, you guys didn't know right from wrong, you didn't know, and basically, that oh, the coach just told you to do it or the coaches helped it or whoever helped. So you guys are, you know, fine with it. So I would imagine his, his real opinion and his uh, voiced opinion are different, but who knows? Maybe they're not.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I do think that this defense might have worked in a grievance. If major league baseball had tried to suspend somebody, they could, you know, I think that might have been a mitigating factor in that. Uh, But, Boris is saying they don't even need to apologize because they didn't know they were doing anything wrong. And that is, it's just stupid. And Scott Boris, this is right up there with when he made the big 70-page binder when Oliver Perez was a free agent, comparing Oliver Perez to Sandy Koufax. It's like, how stupid do you think we are, Scott Boris? Oliver Perez isn't Sandy Koufax, and every single player on the Astros knew what they were doing was against the rules.
1: Yeah, so we'll leave it there with Scott Boris and the Astros. We're still looking forward to that apology in the future. We'll see how they go about it. We're going to come back and talk about the non-roster invitees, the Dodgers prospects, and other players that are not on the roster but uh, are invited to spring training. But before we do that, Jeff, let's talk a little bit about Arizona again. Arizona, yes, Arizona is where the Dodgers have spring training uh camelback has been there what's it's been a while I now I think
0: last year was their 10th or 11th year there
1: yeah it's been there a long time so if you haven't made it out yet i highly recommend it we'll, we'll talk a little bit about camelback today real quick uh, it's a nice facility it's in a nice area um there's a lot you know around there for pre-game post-game whatever and it's just nice the backfields are really nice you know you can line up and Watch players practice and warm up, and go through drills. Depending on what time of the month you're there, and you know what they what have to have a game that day, whatever. But uh, it's a nice way to get close to the players. It's a nice little community. You just see a lot of other Dodger fans, and you get excited for baseball. And yeah, there's just a lot about Camelback. Jeff, what is your one favorite thing about Camelback?
0: Um, I think it is just that that little triangle back there, by the backfields fields, where um, if it, anybody who's been there will know what I'm talking about. But you've got the little pathway that the players walk from their locker room out to the one practice field, and then you've got another practice field just to the to the right of that, that has bleachers behind it, so you can sit and watch stuff happening there. There's so you've got stuff going on on both fields, just. Being back there, there's trees, there's shade. It's a really nice, relaxing place. Even if you're not trying to get autographs, it's a nice, relaxing place to to just watch baseball, watch these guys who you love watching play, watch playing. And it's, uh, yeah, when I think of spring training, that spot is what I think of.
1: The presence of baseball is around you. But, you know, Arizona's not limited to just Camelback Ranch. But if you want to find out what else Arizona... Is about You can go to visit arizona.com slash spring training and plan your trip and see what else there is to do out there and stay locked on Dodgers. Okay, uh, since I knew we were going to talk about Scott Boris, I looked up his past clients and this guy, obscure former Dodger. He might not be as obscure for some, but he will continue to get obscure as time goes on that's Alex Guerrero. Alex Guerrero was the Cuban infielder and then outfielder that the Dodgers signed. And he came up with the Dodgers after leaving Cuba in 2013. He made his MLB debut in 2014. but Before he even made his MLB debut, he had an issue with a teammate and had, I don't know, It was after his MLB debut, but either way, he went down the minors, and he had an issue with Miguel Olivo in a dugout scuffle, and Miguel Olivo ended up biting off a piece of Guerrero's ear, and Guerrero had to go undergo plastic surgery to reattach the ear. Uh, And, yeah, he was a bit polarizing of a player uh, at that time because some people thought he was better than he was. Some people didn't think he was as, as good as he was. And he didn't last too long in the majors. He ended up going to play in Japan and hit a lot of home runs over there. And now he's a free agent. So uh, there's a lot to tell. We could probably have a whole episode just on Alex Guerrero, but uh, I tried to keep it relatively short. Jeff, I know you'll have something to add to it.
0: Yeah. uh, My main memory of Alex Guerrero is he was one of the worst sliders I've ever seen. Just could not slide. He, like, Puig has had some bad slides in his time. Alex Guerrero, like, if you take Puig's worst slide and multiply it by 10 and do it every time, that was Alex Guerrero. It's like nobody ever taught him how to slide into a base.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely remember that. All right, so... Wait, moving before on. you go on, Vince, okay. I,
0: I forgot. I promised that I would give people the coordinates of the exact spot where you and I met. Oh, that's and right. And so I have that. All right. Uh, the longitude and latitude and whatever so it is 33 degrees 30 minutes 46 and a half seconds north 112 degrees 17 minutes 38 seconds west so that is or if you just type into google maps type 33.512912 comma negative 112.293888 and uh that will uh that will get you the exact spot where Vince and I met.
1: Well, maybe we'll add a statue there next year. <laughs> All right. So now we'll talk about the Dodgers invited twenty-one players to spring training. Uh, majority of them are prospects. There are a couple of non-prospects. Uh, so I'll run through the list real quick, and then Jeff, you can point out who who intrigues you as a potential guy for the twenty-five men, and just other guys that you're excited to see uh, with the big league guys for. At least a couple weeks. So they have left-handed pitchers, Raymond Guduan, never heard of, Kyle Lobstein, and then right-handed pitchers, Brett DeJuice or DeGeis, I'm not sure how to pronounce that I one. I think it's DeGuss, actually. DeGuss. Josiah Gray, Marshall Kosowski, Zach McAllister, Eddie Bray Ramos, Jordan Sheffield, Edwin Uceta. Catchers, we got Rocky Gale, Jose Lobaton, and Connor Wong. Infielders, Jacob Amaya, Jeter Downs, Omar Estevez, Connor Joe, and Christian Santana. And then outfielders, Anthony Garcia, Jaron Kendall, Zach Rex, and Cody Thomas. Um, seven of those guys have played in the majors before. And pretty sure the rest of them are all uh, prospects. A lot of them in the top 30 of the Dodgers. So, Jeff, who anybody on here? Uh gonna crack the opening day roster and then just a couple of the younger guys or we'll go with that first
0: yeah opening day roster it seems it seems tough because you know the best the best players on here or the best prospects on here are mostly young enough that they're just clearly just hey this is a reward for you let's get you some time in in major league camp uh i don't think any of those guys uh none of the top prospects are really in a position to make the big league roster out of spring training. You have a guy like Connor Joe, who if the Dodgers had some injuries in spring training, he's one of those guys who, you know, might make it, although he's not on the 40 man. And so, you know, a guy more Zach McKinstry would be more likely to make it than, and that's the thing with these non roster. It, it's such a, an uphill battle. Because you have to be good enough that they're willing to knock somebody else off the 40-man roster and off the 25-man roster to, to get you in. So usually it's two two different guys. Okay, we'll DFA this guy and send this guy to the minors. And so that's why non-roster invitees hardly ever make it, especially on a team like the Dodgers. that's as stacked as it is. Um, honestly, I, it's hard for me to even – I guess Edubre Ramos is maybe the best chance um, just because he's a, a has potential to be a good relief pitcher. He's done it in the big leagues before. Uh, nobody else really strikes me as even having much of a chance at all.
1: Yeah, I think this is – when the Dodgers have always had their roster pretty intact, pretty set the last few years, it's always been, you know, that 24th, 25th man that is really the only thing that – Spring is is on for. Well, I guess the rotation's been, I mean, the rotation will still have. But the 25-man roster is pretty much a locked, And I don't see any of these guys cracking that. Uh, Eddie Bray's, you know, one, they brought him in, and, and he's been in the majors before. You know, Jordan Sheffield was a guy that they didn't protect in the Rule 5, ended up nobody picked him. Uh, he, I'm sure he'll be up at some point this season, but... Uh, I think a lot would have to happen for the him to start the year in the majors. And, yeah, bar an injury, I just don't see any of these guys being able to crack a roster. So, uh, you know, they'll just be getting their work in with the, with the big guys, a lot of the younger guys, and then some of the older guys uh, will just be trying to show that they still have something, whether for the Dodgers or for another team that will be looking, if the Dodgers happen to let them go. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this is probably the least star-studded. Like, there's no one. Uh, I mean, Jeter Downs maybe, and Josiah Gray, and that's kind of been more in the last year or so. This is probably like the weakest overall class of prospects that they've been non-roster invitees. But that's because a lot of those players have graduated to become on the roster.
0: Yeah, you know, the Dodgers. Uh, yeah. You have. Uh, wow! I just forgot his name. <laughs> the catching, the catcher guy. Oh, Kibert, Kibert Ruiz. Yeah, you know he's on the 40-man roster, so he doesn't show up on this list. But he'll be in big league camp. Obviously, Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin are guys who are still on the prospect lists, um, but they don't show up on this list because they're on the 40-man roster. Guys like that, and so yeah, you, you really do see guys who. You know Jeter Downs played most of the season at Rancho Cucamonga last year. Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys who played at Rancho Cucamonga last year, which is uh, kind of crazy. Um, I, I watched Brett Degus play at Cucamonga last year. He throws really hard. Uh, looks like he has potential to be good, but he hasn't even pitched in A yet. And so uh, this is really, we saw it, Corey Seager getting a chance to, be in big league camp before he was on the 40-man roster. Cody Bellinger, too. You know, they do that with guys uh, who they think highly of, and and they want to get them that taste of the big league life to kind of motivate them. And I think that is all 21 of these guys. Well, 18 of them, that's all it is. The other three are catchers. And one thing you learn about spring training is you can never have too many catchers. And so the Dodgers have three NRIs coming at catcher. Plus, they have uh, three catchers on the forty-man roster, and so that's uh, they'll have six catchers in camp. They'll probably still call up, you know, e- even if you're not uh, non-roster invitee to make, to big league camp, they will still occasionally call guys up from the minors just to play for a day. And catchers often get that, and so you know the Dodgers will probably play eight or ten different catchers in their big league spring training games uh, this year, but none of them except for the two or three that are on the 40 man roster really have much chance of actually paying for the Dodgers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I forgot they had signed Jose Lobatone. He hit a home run against the Dodgers in the 2016 NODS. Oh, yeah. Back on the nationals. Yep. All right, Jeff, you got anything else to add before we head out for the week or well, weekend?
0: Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. It's, uh, You know, it it seems like there's still some moves to be made this offseason, and the offseason is getting shorter and shorter. So we could see, you know, if the Rockies are going to do something with Arenado, it's going to happen soonish. If the Red Sox are going to do something with Mookie Betts, I guess we didn't mention the report that the Red Sox and Padres are talking about a Mookie Betts trade. You know, I'll believe that when I see it. Um, But, yeah, so there could be some stuff happening soon, and hopefully if there is, the Dodgers will be involved in some of it.
1: Yeah. And Yasiel Puig still needs to sign. That won't be with the Dodgers, but uh, that will be for a lot of us who keep track of Yasiel. Yep. All right. Thank you for listening to Locked on Dodgers. We'll be back on Monday with news or something else Dodgers or baseball-related to talk to you about. R- Remember, you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast, wherever you think we sound best. You can also rate and review us on any of those podcast apps or whichever one you use if it doesn't happen to be apple but you have a device capable of accessing apple please subscribe and rate and review on there as well other things you can do are besides subscribing and rating and reviewing or tell your friends tell your family and post about us on social media those social media handles are twitter and instagram at locked on dodgers jeff is on twitter at Snydog. i'm at vince samperio you can call and leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text at 323-863-5625, 323-863-5625, or shoot us an email, lockedondodgers at gmail.com. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us. When you get in your car, tell your you smart device to play podcast, Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.
0: We'll talk to you on Monday. D. I say D-O. D-O-D-G-E-R-S The team that's all heart All heart and all thumbs They're my Los Angeles Your Los Angeles Our Los Angeles Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye